You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we kind of could guess that it was trending this way, but unfortunately, it does not appear as if Graham Glasgow is going to play this this week. We haven't really gotten a whole heck of a lot of rationale or even really how he's doing, what kind of testing but, you know, there's there's all kinds of HIPAA things and there's privacy because we're not talking about a knee, right? We're not talking about a, a broken wrist. We're talking about a man's ticker. And so they're, maybe that's why they're playing it a little bit closer to the vest. But he's been in practice. He's just not practicing. So it looks like Natani Muti, right guard this week. Yeah, uh, obviously. Uh, his And even Teddy Bridgewater said today, Graham Glasgow's health is most important. That's that's second most to the game of football. So hopefully he's getting the tests that he needs to get done and uh, he's recovering well. That's that's number one. But you wonder what has prompted this. It went from a simple you know, observation to now he might not be able to practice, might not be able to play. You wonder about the side effects. I'm not going to get into it too much, Chad, of the V word. You wonder if that might be an underlying thing going on right now. I don't want to get like I don't want to you know speculate too much. Um, it, it is unfortunate because I think Glasgow is going to play well for the Broncos this year, and the offensive line for the most part looked good last week. But I am really excited, selfishly, to see Natani Muti play in this game if he does get the start. Again, he is the most powerful player on the team. I think he's the best run blocker, one of the best run blockers on the team, and I think he will pave the way for what could be an easy afternoon in Jacksonville for Melvin Gordon and Pookie Williams. The Broncos need to get that ground game going. That's I'll you know, dispense with some of the uh, anticipation and say that right now. I mean, the Broncos, one of my keys to victory this week, I hate using, uh, you know, establishing the run as a key to victory because it's so banal. It's so obvious, right? But in this case in particular, man, if you can put the hurting to the Jacksonville Jaguars on the ground, you're going to loosen things up. That was something that, uh, and obviously Natani Muti will play a huge part in whether or not that happens or not. But, you know, Vic Fangio talked about this today. Um, actually, it was Patrick, or it was uh, Pat Shermer who talked about this today, Zach. That hey man, you know when we first started uh, trying to establish the run against the Giants, wasn't working out too good. We just had to keep kind of chipping away. Every once in a while, we'd squirt through for six, seven, eight, but mostly in initially it was three yards in a cloud of dust until you get to the second half of that game and conditioning comes into play and will to win comes into play. And then what happens? Boom, Melvin Gordon for seventy. So you you want to see that happen hopefully a little bit earlier in this game. But either way, as long as they're able to really put it to him, that's going to take some pressure off Teddy. And not to mention the fact that the Texans last week ran hog wild on this barely there Jacksonville defense. Mark Ingram had, I think, 80-plus yards, and he had a touchdown. Phillip Lindsay had a touchdown out of wildcat formation, by the way, Chad. This should be, again, I wrote about it today with Urban Meyer, the easiest opponent the Broncos will face all year. And they should be able to establish their will on the ground, wear them down, break them, break their spirit, keep their foots on their neck, Chad. This could be a game where Pookie and Williams, not to get ahead of myself, they pop off for 100 apiece. 
By the way, we were tracking to be literally, both Zach and I were in the room right at, at six o'clock. It was my fault once again that, that we were late. Michaela from the top rope, the Duchess of MHH, the veritable Thank royalty you. in the house with an extremely generous super. She says, "I'm keep, help keep the lights on, priest. Depend on you guys for absolution. Hashtag MHH for life. We will provide those that absolution and some answers to your Burning Broncos questions because, yes, indeed, we are your football priest. And tonight, Zach, it is the Mile High Mailbag, so we're going to get to all that good stuff, see what's on your mind. But, Michaela, thank you so much. We are T-minus, what, eight, nine days away from being able to meet you face-to-face. Can't wait, Michaela. I wanted to say thank you so much. I saw Christy, also the queen, tweeted about that, the MHH meetup week through. We can't wait to thank you all face-to-face. Michaela, starting with you, you are the best. Thank you so much. Kiaka, also another one in the house with a very generous super. Thank you. Thank you for that, my friend. Um, Another another super that's going to be traveling, a superstar, I should say, traveling for the MHH meet and greet next week. He says, prayers up for Graham. Football-wise, we'll be better off with my Toko Natani. Hashtag Polly Power, especially for the ground game. Love you guys. Hashtag Broncos Hui. Uh, Misha Loha Ohana. I wish I knew what some of the, <clears throat> what that meant, but I am curious. What does that mean, Toko Natani? What is it? What is that? What is Toko? Tell, let me know in the in the chat, Kiaka. It's the super is just worth it to hear you try to speak Hawaiian, Chad. I think uh, the dialect there is not translating too well. Maybe Toko means like bro. Means my brother Natani, but Kiaka, regardless, you're another one. I can't wait to see you. And I think it's 10 days from now, just to shake your hand, get you some liquid optimism for the game, and watch the, uh, the Broncos beat the Jets together. Guys, uh, lots more to get to before we dive right back into the chat and the content and see what's on your mind. We'll talk more about our keys to victory. Both Zach and myself have spent time uh, this week checking out Jacksonville, kind of studying their tape from last week. Uh, personnel, all that stuff. We got a lot to talk about, including our keys to victory. But real quick, an update on where we stand in our stars giveaway on Facebook, and then we'll we'll give you an update on where we're at on YouTube as well. We are at 39%. So here we are, Zach. We just barely crossed uh, the halfway point of the month. We're at 39%. But we really didn't get this going in terms of helping everyone know this was happening until this is like day eight. So I feel good that we're going to get to the goal. And when we do, we're going to raffle off a Justin Simmons jersey, just like we did last month, uh, but for Vaughn Miller. And the people who are in the running for that raffle are those who contributed to the goal. And I'll show you who's on top real quick. There's the rankings for this month. All right. Mama Muti, still atop the hill. She's for now, like if we did the drawing today, she would have the most tickets in the hat, followed by Michael Ronquillo. Appreciate you, brothers. Zeus McPeak there, going to have a lot of tickets in the hat. Randy Jones as well. Joshua Shadow, Travis Weber, Gary Leeds Palmer, Chris Hernandez, legendary, Howie freaking Day, the reigning winner of last month's uh, giveaway, and Claude Riley with Pete Middleton just outside the top 10. So, guys, appreciate that. We'll uh, do an update to see where things stand in tonight's stream uh, at least once uh, in the middle of tonight's broadcast, and then uh, you know we'll update it again, of course, tomorrow but uh zach the super the 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 star we got to come up with like a catchier term for it on facebook i I think we should just call them superstars just like we do our youtube community that way nothing no wires are getting crossed we need like a catchy like the huddlers but that kind of sounds sketchy and kind of weird so uh, we have to think of something more creative than that superstars works i guess all right last thing here 
okay, as, as it relates to the giveaway on YouTube. All right, we've got some movement here. Michaela at number one, Mark Langley at number two, Zeus at three, the Queen Christie at four, and Seth Harmon, by virtue, as I suspected last night, uh, of his, his uh, super chat, jumped into the top five. And then you got BG at six, Casey Nickel at seven, Chris Hernandez at eight, Dale Rood at nine, Kiaka at 10, and Simon Kleiman as well. Naj, Kevin, appreciate all you guys. And as it relates to the superstars, last thing, okay, and then we'll get to some content here, is uh, at the end of the month, we're going to take the top five superstars who finish, all right? Those are the five people who get their names, uh, tickets in the hat, and they will also win a jersey, all right? Look at so, that, Chad. I was right. Toko is bro. I'm an honorary Hawaiian, right, Kiaka? Mahalo. I'm Hawaiian and Samoan. Bra is bro in Hawaiian slang. Uh, Yuso is Samoan for bro. Poly short for Polynesian. Yeah, that I knew. That I knew. Uh, Broncos Hui is Broncos, Broncos country. country. Hui. Okay. Know. Okay. Did not know that. Did not know that. Um, let's see. We got a very generous super chat from Zeus. Man, blowing my as you as you guys can see, I don't have much hair, but Zeus, you are blowing it completely off. Thank, Thank you so you. much, bro. As always. But have we been able to find out if Stu's gonna be there next week? Stu, are you are you gonna has he said that up to this point? Hopefully you can make it, Stu. I mean, you're among the few that we definitely want to see for sure. Thank you so much. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, before we go much farther, guys, we got to also real quick say thank you to tonight's uh, presenting sponsor, the live stream pod, and that's BetQL, guys. We got a game going on tonight, Thursday night football. Tons of games going on this weekend between college, NFL. If you want to give yourself the edge against your bookie, against your sports book, BetQL is the way to do it. Go download the BetQL app. And it's going to be the only app you'll need to make the smart bets. They have what's called their best bet uh, computer model. What it does is it scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you the best bet recommendation for each game across all sports. Gives you the logic, gives you the rationale and strategy behind why you should place a bet so you're not flying blind. Using that model, Zach, this blew my mind. Just last week, BetQL's best bets algorithm went 13-2. and in the NFL, 13 and two. So guys go download the app on the app store or a Google play because it covers everything Zach from spreads over unders and even player prop bets. That's right. Yeah. BetQL provides the sharp data so you can see who the pros are backing as well as line movements. So you can jump on betting opportunities in real time. BetQL offers team summaries, highlighting previous success against the spread and the over under, as well as breaking news when lineups change and injury statuses are updated. Plus guys, you can save all of your picks in one place to track your success and winning streaks, as well as view your rank on the BetQL leaderboards. So guys, again, give yourself that betting edge, head to the app store or Google play right now, download BetQL if you're on a browser, you can use our unique link, which is try.betql.co slash MHH. But the easiest thing to do to make sure you get that 25% off at checkout is use the code MHH, and you'll get that discount on any of BetQL's subscription offerings. Yeah, last thing, Broncos country, be sure to check out BetQL's BetMGM offer in the description of this video below in order to receive a free year of BetQL. Download the BetQL app and use the code MHH at checkout for 25% off and arm yourself with all the weapons you need to beat your bookie on game day. That's a good feeling, by the way. I'm not much of a, uh, I'm not much of a better, to be frank. I'm not much of a gambling man, all right? But in the, the few times that I do, when you do come out on top, whether – 
it's a sports bet and you're dealing with a bookie or if you're freaking at the blackjack table or a slot machine, when you come out on top, man, there's it, you really feel like you've you've beat the system. And so anyway, as long as, long as you walk away, though, that's the problem. That's the hardest part. <laughs> no it's actually no walking kidding. once you get up. No kidding. Hey, here's Travis Weber jumping in. Appreciate your brother. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Broncos country. I've been out of the loop. I know Hamler blames himself for his drop pass and Judy getting hurt. He shouldn't. Stuff happens. Yeah, he did. Uh, according to him, he blamed himself for a time. But my guess is Teddy Bridgewater probably helped disabuse him of that blame, perhaps offering some absolution himself. Actually, Jerry's the only one that can offer any absolution to uh, to KJ on that front. But I don't know, man. It was kind of cool to hear, Zach, that KJ Hamler walked into the locker room after the uh, third preseason game and his locker had been moved. He's like, yo, where's my locker? Right next to Teddy. Teddy had the people move his locker right next to Teddy Bridgewater, which, you know, he went on to say, did KJ, that it's like a big brother uh, relationship. And sounds like it's it's really helping to, uh, I don't know, it's really helping KJ. And that's the kind of leadership dynamic, that that swag that Teddy brings to the table. I think Hamler on his own as well is approaching it the right way. I mean, he fessed up to his mistake. He went out there and shagged about 100 over-the-shoulder balls to kind of never do that again and get his body rhythm down. Uh, and he also, you know, made it uh, in perspective. He said Kobe Bryant missed shots. He had bad games. He did not ever shoot again. He got back on the court and kept going. And that's how you get better. And, and the next time, and I said this uh, yesterday, the next time they throw a long pass to him and he's wide open, he will not drop the next one. He needed to drop that one in order to never do it again. So he's going to become a better player because of that uh fernando what's good buddy yep he just heard that darby ronald darby broncos corner who they just paid well they just guaranteed 19 and a half million dollars this past spring on a three-year deal worth 30 million unfortunately suffered a relatively severe hamstring tear in the toward the end of the giants game we learned by the way zach from fangio this week that that didn't come as that much of a surprise because apparently he'd been dealing with a little st- stiffness soreness in his hammy but it is the regular season it wasn't debilitating so they rolled him out there ended up uh tearing some so yeah he'll be on ir and what that means fernando is the broncos will be able to bring him back from ir but he'll have to be on ir for at least three weeks fyi same with jerry judy yeah, and I think he'll be week to week after that. So he's not a guarantee to come back after that window opens for him again. And, you know, he's Ronald Darby. That's what he's proven to be in the NFL is a very injury-prone defender. And the Broncos were hoping they kind of panicked, bought Ronald Darby stock, hoping they would get the 2020 version of that stock, and they got the pre-2020 version of Ronald Darby. And that's what he is. So when you invest in historically injured players you can't act surprised when those players get injured again it happens to the broncos every single year ronnie wants to know why no hat you see zach and i were, were laughing about something similar before we went live how, how our audience gets a little tweaked out and thrown off their you know uh th- they split their differential right tip when we switch like if i'm on the right and zach's on the left it throws people off y'all go <clears> crazy if i'm not wearing a hat people notice this the reason why, my friend, is I'm on a road trip visiting family uh, yesterday, today, going home tomorrow, and, and the simple answer is I forgot to pack one of my hats. So you get the bald Jensen here tonight. Uh, Albert, what's up, dude? Good to see you, brother, and looking forward to seeing you and your very sweet wife, Michelle, next Sunday. Uh, Nathan, what's good, buddy? Appreciate the super. 
Will the rain in Jacksonville lead to a run-heavy offense? And if so, will our guards be able to handle that? Great show. Bros. 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 Um, odds are, yeah. I mean, if it's raining, it's going gonna, it's gonna to slant toward – uh, a more run-heavy type attack, but they call him Teddy Two Gloves for a reason, and that helps him as far as being a, a rain quarterback. Now, that doesn't necessarily help the receivers, but almost all receivers now wear gloves. So it might not affect the Broncos. When you talk about rain and, and weather, Zach, because Teddy wears two gloves, it might not actually be as impactful when they do run into weather as it might another quarterback. Well, as someone intimate with uh, Florida weather, Chad, it could be rainy, but also very humid. So it's going to affect Teddy Bridgewater, Trevor Lawrence, and every player that takes the field. So Melvin Gordon has to really clutch that ball with two hands as to not fumble it again. Same for Javante Williams. Same for any player that touches it. It could be a, a game of attrition, and whatever team doesn't turn the ball over is the team that can come out on top, weather contingent. Uh, Travis, good to see you, buddy. Travis Tarbox, even in praise, Broncos country, ready to watch. Our Broncos, second win of the year. Yes, indeed. And then Tarbox, um, after Travis, was Travis Weber saying, hey, guys, are we not on where we can give stars? What time was that? Yeah, you should be able to, bro. You should be able to. It's all it's streaming. As long as we're streaming, you should be good to go on that front, my brother. Um, here's Sam Bam. Good to see you, Sam Bam. Yeah, I noticed that um, I actually remarked on this very topic last night after the stream, I'm like, I wonder where Sam Bam's been. Here he is, you know, speaketh of the Sam Bam and he shall, his ears shall burn and he enter Sam Bam. <laughs> enter on, Sam. Bow, bow, bow. It was a softball. Wait, I, was that the wrong riff? I did. I just did a different Metallica riff. My bad. Hey guys, says Sam. Sorry. I haven't been as active recently. Gotta bail early again tonight. So can't make it through the show tonight, but I will be back soon. Hey, it's all good, bro. Don't worry. We're just stoked to have you with us, and thank you for that support. You know, you pop in for a sec, throw up some Super Chat money, and hey, man, we do appreciate that. It means a lot. Thank you, Sam. Uh, also, Antonio, another longtime superstar. Been a minute since I've seen him in the chat. What's good, buddy? He says it should be an easy win on Sunday. With the players we lost, our team has depth to still be strong. Yeah, but you can only withstand a, a week one type scenario of losses in terms of personnel so many times before that depth not only gets tested, but goes away. Now all the depth that you had's on the field. And so you're hoping and praying to the football gods, knocking on wood as I even say that, that nothing more comes of it. But yeah, let's just hope they can stay healthy this week, Zach, because basically three starters going down last week that, I mean, when you count Graham and, and his issue there, not good. You know, the, I mentioned war of attrition for this game, but it's really a whole 18-week, uh, 17-game war of attrition now in the NFL. And that's why having uh, solid second and third string players, as the Broncos do now, unlike years past, will serve them well. But in terms of this game, Chad, we have to be realistic. It's Jacksonville. They really can't scare the Broncos on offense or defense. Without Bradley Chubb, they can win this game. Without Jerry Judy, they can win this game. I don't want any injuries, obviously, for the further games for week four with the Ravens and beyond that. But this is a game the Broncos should be able to win handily if they play up to their potential, you know, uh, depth or not. Hey, Brandon Harden, Bama Broncos. He's, he thinks the, that the Broncos are going to win this one easy. And it might shake out that way, but guys, I'm telling you, you don't want to overlook any opponent in the league. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's going to pop. 
Could be this week. Do I expect it to be this week? Not necessarily. In fact, no, I don't. But this is the league, man. They're collecting paychecks too. And this was something that uh, Pat Shermer talked about today as well, Zach, that you know, I think he was kind of building up his opponent so as not to give them any bulletin board material more so than anything. But he said, hey, man, this defense is talented. And one thing that they bring to the table that is unique is their corners are long, which is true. And you lost Jerry Judy in that route running acumen to create that separation. So it wouldn't surprise me, Zach, to see C.J. Henderson's and that entire um, defensive backfield really try and get up and jam the Broncos wideouts and use that length and use that physicality. Cortland Sutton has proven that he can get off of press. All right. KJ Hamler, a little five foot niner, maybe five foot nine and a half. That's not something he's uh, proficient at quite yet. So don't sleep on Jacksonville. I predict a win. I'll save my final score for the mile high round table article tomorrow at milehighhuddle.com. But Zach, I'm predicting a win, but don't get too far out over your skis guys. It is the league. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm never looking any opponent in the NFL any given Sunday is more than just a great movie. Um, but if you think about it logically, okay, let's say they shut down KJ Hamler, they shut down Cortland Sutton. Can they stop Melvin Gordon? Can they stop Noah Fan? Can they stop Javante Williams? The Broncos, Alberto, the Broncos, Tim Patrick. They just have so many players. The Broncos do that. The Jacksonville defense, as it's constructed, can't really counter. And on offense as well, I mean, uh, the Jackson, they have Trevor Lawrence, they have Robinson, they have a couple good receivers, but if you stack up the Broncos roster, player versus play player, mano a mano, Chad, it, it's no contest. This is why the Broncos are six-point road favorites going into this game. There's a reason why they should be able, should be able to win handily. Just because of recent history, I'm just not ready to 100% give the Broncos that benefit of the doubt. Just because... How many times last year, I know it's a different team. We've seen it with our own eyes now, at least one game. It does look like it's a different team. Vaughn has said, hey, this is a different team. But how many times, Zach, did the Broncos go into a game, even just last year, where they were favored to win? Wasn't too many. But then they, they don't win the games they were supposed to win. Makes you not – it leaves you kind of uh, shell-shocked, right, like battered and uh, unable to fully trust them. So I do predict a win. I'm just not ready to, like – Hey, the better said it's minus six. So, yep, guaranteed Broncos win. I, I can't go there with you. Maurice wants to know, Priest, where is our dreaded trap game this season? I'm thinking the Jets. Zach, I agree. If there is a trap game on this schedule where you're home and you should cruise to a comfortable win, it's probably week three, although that early in the season, right, exactly. I don't know if you can call it quite a trap game. That was, my, that was exactly my point. My definition of a trap game, it has playoff implications. So I think the Detroit game later in the year would be the trap game for Denver. That's a really crappy opponent, for lack of a better word there, with the quarterback the Broncos should feast on. You can say Jacksonville's a trap game, but in week two or week three against the Jets, way too early, I think Detroit, uh, top of my head, weaker opponent later in the year if they're in the, the wild card hunt, they blow that game. It could be ugly. Yeah, that's week 14, FYI, gang. That's more oh. like it. Leroy, what's good, buddy? Appreciate you being with us. He says, Mile High Salute, guys. Two questions. Do you have full confidence in PS2 starting this week? And do you have full confidence in the receiving core to get the job done without Judy? Because I'm hearing Sutton is having knee issues again. I have full confidence, Zach, in PS2. And I have no doubts on the depth of the wide receiving talent on this team. Like, it sucks losing Judy, but I don't know, man. I'm like... With the way Teddy has taken an interest in K.J. Hamler, 
I'm thinking that he's going to be the biggest beneficiary. Is that right? Yeah, beneficiary of Judy going down. I think they're going to force a couple to KJ to make up for last week and to prove that his hands are not made of brick as they were on that one drop. Uh, there's just so many weapons to go around, though, so I don't really know if, if uh, Cortland Sutton is going to be the biggest receiver in Week 2. It could be a game where they force-feed Noah Fant. It could be a game where the running game gets going with Gordon and Pookie Williams. On defense, though... You really wonder. It's interesting. Jacksonville is not a great team, but they do have a nice collection of receivers with Chenault, Marvin Jones, and DJ Chark. They also have a tight end who I'm starting in fantasy this week named James O'Shaughnessy, who looked pretty good last week. So where do you use Patrick Sertan in that role? Do you put him on Chenault, the more of the the possession guy with a big play threat? Do you put him on the tight end? Do you put him on the quicker guy uh, like a Marvin Jones? Where they use Sertan I think we'll be telling to his short-term outlook in 2021. All right, let's see here. Um, I want to get to as many true questions tonight as we possibly can. Hey, shout out real quick, though. Big Earn, what's good, buddy? Good to see you. Um, Greg Smith, also in the house. We got Dylan moderating on YouTube. This is great. Um, Shane, thank you for the stars, my brother. We'll do a stars update here in about five minutes. Okay. We'll do, we'll do an update. Um, Michael, you the man, brother, you the man, your hat should be coming to you anytime now, anytime now. So you let us know once you receive that, my friend. And, uh, we want that. We want that pick. Zach Albert wants score predictions for the game. Should we, should we break protocol and reveal score predictions now? I mean, it's our last pod before the game, so might as well. What do you got? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, my, my heart is there with you, Albert. Thirty-one to ten, and a nice, easy. If that's, I think a three touchdown. If my math is correct, victory. But my, like you said, Chad, you always have the letdown game in the back of your mind. You always have the same old Broncos in the back of your mind. It's going to go one of two ways, though. Either Denver will establish themselves as not the same old Broncos, not your brother's Broncos, or they will be, and they will fall into what you can call a trap game, but vice versa for Jacksonville. Everyone knows or should know about the tumult right now with Urban Meyer. He has had the most disastrous eight months I've ever seen a rookie head coach have in quite a while. So either his team is going to further implode in week two after losing to the actively tanking Texans, or or they're going to rally around that and use that as motivation, and maybe Urban Meyer is not as stupid as he comes across. I'm going to predict a Denver victory, but I'm going to keep it a little more low-key until proven otherwise. So I'm going to go 24-10. So that would be way under the uh, total, right? Because the spread's minus five, according to SI uh, Sportsbook. Total points they expect to be scored amongst these two teams combined, 45 and a half. Here's a couple insights, and then I'll tell you what I what my score is. Uh, Denver and its opponent combined to score over 45 and a half points. The current matchup's point total in nine of 16 games last year. Jacksonville played 10 games last season in which the teams combined to score more than 45 and a half points. These teams uh, averaged a combined 39.3 points per game a season ago, 6.2 fewer than I could go on here. But here's what I'm going to tell you. I think the Broncos are going to score some points. I don't think they're going to get into the 30s. I'm going to say this ends up being under the 45 and a half, and I'm going to say the Broncos win this one. Mm, 
27, <clears throat> similar to last last week, 27, 27.16 is what I'm going to say is that. I can see it for sure. That's right under the 45 mark. And it could be a game where the score, again, isn't indicative to how the game really went. Maybe Jacksonville gets some garbage time touchdowns and uh, makes the score look closer. But I think... Again, if they play up to potential, same thing we said this time last week, it should be a, a matchup where Denver runs away fairly easy from them. This is an encouraging statistic here, Zach. The Broncos scored 20.2 points per game last year. And you can say, well, hey, that was then, this is now, different quarterback. And there is some truth to that, Zach, but it's the same coordinator. All right, so there is some carryover. The Broncos scored 20.2 points per game last year, which was 10.6 points fewer than the Jaguars surrendered per matchup. So that uh, that bodes well for this team being able to maybe outstrip what I'm saying, 27, maybe cut into the 30s for the first time in a long time. Because what was it, Zach? Last year when Drew Locke went off in Carolina, that week 14 game, I think they got to 28 points, right? They didn't quite get over 30. I'm trying to remember the last time this team was over 30. It's pretty sad. But was it the Houston game? Maybe. I don't know. I feel I feel like they got it last year though. Um, it, it, but if it rains as well, Chad, that could impact the score. It could be a yep. lower scoring affair. So in, regardless, it doesn't matter whether they win by one or twenty-one, thirty-one, as long as they get that W, which they should. Uh, Merlot wants to know: Is Bradley Chubb gonna play? Melvin, is that you? I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, here is what Fangio said. First of all, uh, Chubb went from limited. Uh, last uh, yesterday to limited today as, as well. When asked ex- how he did in practice yesterday, because now the pressers come before practice because now you're into the season rhythm. So they come and talk before that. I hate practice. that, by the way. I do too. I freaking hate it. Uh, Chubb's, uh, here's what Fangio said, quote, he came out good. I'd say Chubb got about somewhere between 12 and 15 plays. He did the individual work. Hope to do a little more with him today and see where he's at on whether or not he's optimistic Chubb's uh, can return to play this week versus, you know, where he was this time last week. Quote, I think last week this time I was still optimistic, but I think he's about the same. So no massive steps forward, Zach, in terms of him feeling better, which is a concern. Wouldn't surprise me if they sit him again this week. I wouldn't be surprised either because of Fangio's comments right after the Giants game where he goes, we hope he's back soon. That didn't scream to me like a guy who was going to definitely be back the next week. It could be a multi-week thing. And this is another situation where you can beat the Jacksonville Jaguars without Bradley Chubb. I mean, Cooper should be able to get home. Of course, Von Miller. And this interior of the Broncos defensive line, this should be a game Shelby Harris takes over, earns his money. Draymond Jones starts to ascend to a Pro Bowl player. They do not need Bradley Chubb. I'd rather have him fully healthy for the stretch run. And if it means limiting him in week three as well, with versus a Jets offensive line down their best tackle, so be it. So be it indeed. Um, okay, here's one from Andrew Baker, Zach. And as we grab Andrew's comment here, I want to flash a quick update on where we're at tonight on Stars with Michael Ronquillo at the top, throwing down. Thank you, bro. Travis Weber right behind him. Travis Tarbox, Zeus, Andrew Baker, whose comment we're going to grab here. Gary Leeds Palmer, legendary. Uh, Shane Daniels, thank you, brothers, James Grossman, and Corwin Robinson. James Grossman and Corwin Robinson have really come on strong, I would say, Zach, the last, I don't know, three, four weeks. So thank you, guys. We'll do one last update at the end of the show to see where we finished on stars. Andrew, Zach says, gracefully 
placed my Vaughn jersey on my Lazy Boy last Sunday and haven't sat there or touched it yet, ready to sit there and put it back on for our next win. Never had a game ritual, but going to start this one. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Zach, at any point in your fanhood, all right, did you have pregame rituals? Um, you know, I don't think I had something that I did every single Sunday. Uh, certainly not anything I could share on camera chat. I do remember though, in a previous life, I was watching a playoff game and I had a puppy at that time and she had a little ball that she played with. I picked up that ball. They scored. I did not put that ball down for three hours. I was walking around with a slobbery dog ball in my mouth. So <laughs> I know in my hand, not my mouth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I am superstitious. I don't, I can't remember any weekly superstition that I had to do though. What about you? Um, I definitely was superstitious. I would consider it bad luck for my team. If I wasn't wearing team colors, on game day, if I got, you know, as, as I got uh, older, that kind of dimmed a little bit, but I still made sure I, I, I mean, I still made sure I was wearing team color. Used to be it was a jersey no matter what, then it was team colors. But, Zach, the, uh, the greatest, I think, movie that showcases how much, you know, ritual magic, you know, psych- psychologically fans go through is Silver Linings Playbook. When you have the uh, Robert De Niro character, the dad in that movie, and his weird little OCD rituals he would do when the Philadelphia Eagles were on, pointing the uh, you know remote controls in a specific way, just very weird, but it's true. Great there movie. are one of my favorite movies, by the way. There, there are probably millions of fans, sports fans across this country that do very similar things. And is, is it crazy? Yes, it is crazy. I'll admit, I've been a little bit lunatic when it comes to sports but let me tell you i would not be here today talking to you on this microphone in this front of this camera if i wasn't a little bit crazy what is fans short for fanatic so if we don't do fanatical things we're not truly fans that's how i look at it uh (laughs) scott uh tommy he says which jacksonville wide receiver has the best game sunday is it gonna be uh big play dependent or do you see them targeting a specific receiver I don't know, man. I mean, I don't, Zach, I don't uh, want to disrespect Marvin, but he doesn't really scare me that much. To me, it's shark or bust. Like, I think you'll see a few gadget plays to LaVisca, but to me it's all about if if Trevor Lawrence is going to have a day through the air, it's 
Chark, and it's that tight end. I just spaced his name. O'Shaughnessy. Out. Is it O'Shaughnessy? Yep. I'm starting him this week. So either way, but I think he used the tight ends quite a bit last week yes. against Houston. So I think that's his kind of security blanket right now. Chark, tight ends. Every young quarterback loves their tight end, and we all know how bad the Broncos historically have been against tight ends. So, again, if game flow dictates where Jacksonville is down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter or the second half, they're going to be pass happy, and it could be funneling targets to his receivers. This is not sacrilegious. I, I had a bad drafting experience with receivers. I have to start Marvin Jones this week, and I picked up O'Shaughnessy this week. Um, I think Jones will be a benefactor depending on the matchup. Kyle Fuller did get beat last week, Chad. So if Fuller matches up against Jones, I can see Jones maybe streaking down the sideline. But I'm with you. I think the tight end is going to be the guy he goes to the most. As I grab Tommy here, quick message to John Teeter. John, don't worry about it, bro. We're just glad to have you with us. You don't feel like you have to throw money at the show every time you're in a live. Don't feel that way, buddy. We're just stoked to have you with us, okay? Uh, Tommy says, Patrick, Timmy P, was one of the most picked-up wideouts in fantasy. And then he says, and I think Hamler outperforms him, absent Judy. I do, too. I think in the final analysis, Hamler will have outproduced Patrick while Jerry is recovering. But, Zach, think about this. Patrick, four receptions, you know, I want to say it was 40-something yards, and a tutty. Should have had two. There was one play in particular, all right, if you wanted to pick Nitz and Teddy's performance last week where he booted out right, and he it was in the red zone, and he had Timmy Patrick in the corner of the end zone coming from across the formation wide open. It was that play where he instead went to dump it underneath to Noah, and it got tipped and batted down. If he would have just saw t- uh, Timmy and put air on it, that ball doesn't get tipped. It's a tutty, and he has two scores. So maybe I'm completely out of my mind here, and it's going to be the Sutton-Tim Patrick show, and Hamler's coming in thirds there, maybe fourths behind Fant, but I don't know. They, him, KJ, and Teddy have a bromance going on here. Yeah, I, you know, you have to wonder, though, what is the receiver that suits Bridgewater the most? And I think him being the safer guy, he would want the reliable guy. And Tim Patrick is as reliable as they come. I mean, you look up reliable in the dictionary. I know it's cliche, but you'll see old Timmy Patrick's face right there. Um, KJ could be a situational threat where they get him open deep. I still, I'm holding firm to the belief early on in the game, they're going to run a nine route with KJ and try to get him that ball and make up for the one he dropped last week. So, uh, you know, Tim Patrick's always going to be reliable in the red zone. Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant and Albert O as well. What surprised me was the tight end usage in week one. They were utilizing actually all three of them. So it might be where Noah Fant breaks open against this, again, barely there Jaguars defense. Dave Bingaman, what's going on, buddy? Good to see you. He says, hey, didn't Vic Fangio say Patrick Sertan would step into Darby's role? I think he meant it, literally. Yeah, he's going to immediately be the other outside boundary corner. They're going to have to come up with a new solution for their dime packages. And what he told us today, in fact, did Fangio run nickel. is it's going to – when they do run dime, they're rotating in right now. Caden Stearns, the rookie safety, and Nate Harrison, the corner, who – they promoted off the practice squad whilst uh, Darby is recovering. Yeah, that could be a problem. I'm not the biggest Hairston fan. I would run more nickel, uh, but you're, you're just trying to survive until you get my, maybe Michael O back or a Sang Bassey back or Ronald Darby back in three weeks, hopefully not longer than that. Um, but Pat Sertan will be moved around. But I'm interested to see who he's going to cover in this game. Will it be Shark, Chenault, will it be Marvin Jones, or will it be the tight end? It'll be interesting. Dylan, 
good reminder. The best birthday present he could get is the Denver Broncos on Sunday, bringing home a dub. We'll uh, be sure to give you a nice uh, birthday send-off on Sunday night. Trust on that, my brother. Um, okay, where are we at? We're at 38 minutes. Okay, we're, we're doing pretty good here. Uh, Albert is a very pious Broncos fan. All right. He wears his Bronco tie to church in Missouri. Think about that. He's in <laughs> chief territory, and when he goes in on Sundays, he's rocking his Broncos tie. That's a dedicated, hardcore, passionate fan right there. That is, Albert. You are the man. Uh, Chad, I am watching, though, not to you know break away from the topic. Right now, the game is the Giants and the uh, Washington football team. The Giants look really good, and Saquon Barkley just ripped off a long run. So everyone kind of poo-pooing the Broncos, you know, commanding victory. It might be a little more merit than you thought there because the Giants are a pretty good team, and they're taking it right now to Washington. Here we have the mysterious Mark from Georgia. We knew last night, you know, in our heart of hearts and gut, this was Mark Langley. It was confirmed for real today on the phone. I talked to him. He says, what's up, my guys? Chad, good talk. Always a pleasure. And Zach, you're the man. Okay, that was too long. I'm out of breath. <laughs> Hashtag MH. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, dude, it was good chatting with you. Good catching up. Appreciate the support as always, brother. Mark, you're the man. I mean, for all that you've done, uh, all that you continue to do, how supportive you are, how, how much you make us laugh, you are the man for real. Thank you. I'm seeing some of these rituals that fans – are talking about here like Claude says I always had to shower and shave right before the Broncos would play then I'd put on my Champ Bailey jersey lol if uh, if I missed a step we were doomed to lose I think you missed the other s Claude I know I thought that exact same thing bro <laughs> I thought that exact same thing uh Savage Boy Kev on Twitch what's good bro he says KJ Hamler we're not talking about the king from Shakespeare here. We're talking about Hamler, not Hamlet. Blaming himself on the heyday Judy injury. Wow, your shows, phone hates you. Shows how connected and how much chemistry this Broncos team has. Yeah, dude, I think that's true. I think this team, you know, they went through the refiner's fire last year. Um, you could even throw in 2019, right, as far as going through it together and building that chemistry and bond because you had Kareem there with with Simmons and uh, in 19 you had Vaughn but you didn't have Chubb and then 20 you had Chubb but you didn't have Vaughn and now I think what it took Zach to really kick this into the stratosphere as far as that cohesion you know was the quarterback and Teddy so far from a leadership perspective has really glued this team together and so long as that his play on the field is commensurate with what he's doing as a leader I think it can only continue to pay dividends for this team. And look, the Broncos can't afford Zach to rest on any one and zero. We beat the Giants on the road, Laurels, because the entire AFC West started one and zero last week. So it's you know you got to you got to keep it rolling. You got to keep your foot on the pedal for sure. And if you don't believe us about Teddy Bridgewater's leadership, there is a video the Broncos put out on Twitter where it was a very candid co sideline conversation with Von Miller and Teddy Bridgewater, and Von said. We needed this. We haven't had this leadership since 18. Not 2018. That, that would be Peyton Manning. So it's actually a huge, huge, huge boon for the locker room and the offense and everyone on the team to have someone like Teddy in there. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's been as advertised so far through week one. So let's do really quick here, Zach. 
since we are running out of time. Guys, any other questions, comments, supers, stars, get them in the chat now because we only have a few more minutes left here. Uh, but let's take a second here and pivot and take a look at this opponent and compare across uh, the different statistics. Now, it's only one game, so sample size bias here is most definitely in effect. But the Broncos are now, through one week, a top five time of possession team, which is really cool. They were on the field a lot, and that always bodes well for a team. Turnover margin, Broncos have yet to uh, – well, they're zero. So they did turn it over, but they also took it away. So in the turnover margin, they're still static at zero, whereas the Jags, they're minus three in the turnover differential. And in time of possession, they proved to be last week one of the worst teams of the opening week in staying on the field. And, you know, you had a lot of drops. You had a lot of turnovers. It wasn't a great day at the office for Urban Meyer or a great debut for Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, but it was only one week, Zach. And look at these offensive comparisons. The Broncos are top 10 in their yards per game through the first week. I mean, we're not used to seeing these green. Remember what green <laughs> means on the sheets? These are, these, these are the press release um, packs that the Broncos send out to us. This is the same stuff that like the television broadcast folks get so that they have this information like right in front of them when they're doing a live call on, uh, on the air. And green signifies a top 10 ranking. Black signifies middle of the road. And red signifies bottom third. We're not used to seeing green anywhere near the Broncos offense. And look at this through one week, Zach. Top 10 in yards per game top 10 in yards per play, top 10 in rushing yards, top 10 in had interceptions. They haven't turned it over on an interception yet. Uh, top 10 in giveaways and top 10, Zach, in third down percentage. The only thing keeping this from really blowing my hair back is they're not top 10 in red zone. Yeah, but regardless, though, your top 10 in the, in the categories you just rattled off there, that's a playoff team. For sure. That's a 10-win, maybe even 11-win playoff team. And you add in the defense, and we're going to see some more green coming soon right now. If you can sustain it. You know, if exactly, Zach. If you can uh, sustain it, those are playoff numbers. Meanwhile, real quick, Jaguars, middle of the pack on those first four categories, net yards per game, yards per play, points per game, rushing. Passing, there was a lot of garbage time throwing, right? I mean, he went, what was it, 51 attempts? So that's kind of an wow. inflated number, but it is top 10. Uh, picked off three times, which is tied for the worst in the league through one week. Sacks allowed, though, Zach. He was only sacked one time. One time. Interesting. And then red zone, they're 100%. Now, I'm going to have to go back and look how many times they made it to the red zone off the top of my head. I think it was Probably one once. trip, wasn't it? It's got to be. Either way, you know, this is how, this is what I mean by, um, statistical body of work uh, bias when it's only one game, you cannot jump to conclusions because this could all be fool's gold on both on both teams here. Plus, who do the Texans even have that would sack Trevor Lawrence? I mean, the, the Texans' defense is a far cry from Denver's defense, so I think that number will change after Sunday. Look at all that red and black on the, for the Jags' defense, guys. I mean, that's that ain't good. 449 talking- yards to the Houston Texans. We're talking about we're talking about the Texans here, guys. And you know what? Terod Taylor looked surprisingly good. Like that's one of the best performances I can remember from him in terms of like prolific production. You know, they were scoring every time you turn around, they're freaking scoring a touchdown or a big play. 
and you're going, wait a minute, is that Deshaun Watson? No, it's Terod Taylor. So another example of probably fool's gold on the Texans side of things here, so you don't want to jump to conclusions. But, Zach, points per game, they gave up 37 net rushing. They gave 160 yards. And, look, the Texans have a pretty formidable running back uh, three-headed monster there. Plus, I mean, third down percentage, they were – there's only two uh, – pardon me, three teams worse than them. And that that plays right into the what the Denver Broncos' strength is. I mean, look at all that green, Zach. This is a defense, I think, even missing – uh, Chubb again, if it happens this week and they sit him, even missing Ronald Darby, I think they are set up to continue this kind of production in week two. You're not going to be, you're not going to have a good time if you're giving up 449 yards a game and getting no takeaways and allowing 57% of third downs to be converted. That's absurd, Chad. What are the Broncos on offense? Weren't they 47% converting third downs? So this should be a game where they move the ball at will and they don't get the ball moved on them. The only red I'd like to see is by Tanner right here, Chad, with his generosity. That is actually incredible, Tanner. Dropping a huge super. He goes, wow. just, just showing some support. Bigger super coming in a few weeks. Thank you, Tanner. Love the pods. As always, watching after I get off work. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Broncos for life. Wild, Chad. Thank you, bro. Tanner, you the man. Thank you very much, my friend. Remind me what your Twitter account is. Is it the Von Chubb one? I think it is, but confirm. All right, in the chat. But wow, dude, thank you so much. Thank you. It really does mean the world to us, brother. Thank you. Um, but Zach, one thing I want to point everyone's attention to here, and then we'll come off this um, these stats here, is the Broncos' defense, if they had a peccadillo last week, it was they weren't so hot on third down getting off the field, dude. They only got off the field on third down half the time. So that's a number that absolutely has to improve if this defense is going to fully realize its potential in 2021. Yeah, they, they definitely have to. Uh, and I, I don't like seeing those special teams numbers as well, Chad. I mean, 39 gross punting average for the, I mean, for Sam Martin, 38 net punting average. No, I mean, I, I guess they didn't take a kick return in that game, did they? Did they even I have don't a kick remember return? Now. No, they didn't. They didn't. That's why they're zero. And then they've, and they allowed 33 kick return average against. So, there's a lot more red than I want to see there, and it's another area where even through week one and the numbers are so skewed, Tom McMahon's unit is by far the worst of the big three. It's wild. But look, here's one last thing that speaks to this team kind of getting its poise back. They only were penalized five times with the Broncos last year, which is tied for the sixth fewest is the way to look at this stat, the sixth fewest in the league. So Ten times that's, for that's, Jacksonville. That's encouraging, bro. And then last thing here, and then we'll come off of this, all right? I just want everyone to see the statistical leaders for these teams. Uh, you got Teddy, 264 yards. Lawrence, 332. You know, they had a hard time getting anything going on the ground. Hyde and Robinson, because they were they were put in a hole pretty quick. Chark, Jones, 77. Chenault, 50. Fant, obviously number two so far. Patrick, 39 yards. Four catches, four targets, 39 yards, and a touchdown. And then, of course, Von Miller with two sacks. And there you have it. So, Zach, with that being said, and we'll come back to the chat uh, to grab Brandon, and then I'll ask you about your keys to victory. Uh, Brandon, uh, throw that back up. What what did he say? I missed it. Uh, how how Hilton – oh. Um, Hinton. Yes. How is – how is Kendall Hinton as the fourth wide receiver? Probably try the fifth, probably. 
Deontay Spencer probably has him on in terms of seniority on the yeah. depth chart, but I don't know what to expect there to be frank with you, because in training camp, he looked really good. A lot of buzz about Kendall Hinton as a wide receiver this summer in training camp, but he did not convert that to preseason production, Zach. So I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see what if and when his number gets called to get out there on offense, if he can make some hay. I think in fairness to Hinton, though, there's just so many, only so many balls to go around, and Trinity Benson was absorbing most of the spotlight. So there was one breakout guy, it was Benson, but Hinton had a great training camp as well. He was called up to the active roster, I'm pretty sure, after Jerry Judy's injury. He might be, like Chad said, though, uh, inactive for the game, if only because they have their they have their receivers and they and they like Deontay Spencer as the punt returner. So if they dress five, I think he'll make it, but they might not need five receivers to beat the Jaguars defense. By the way, this is good from Scott uh, relative to the whole sample size bias thing. He says, with a small enough sample size, I can prove any point that you want, which is true. So what more information comes. Uh, it is Von Chubb, Tanner Holes. Okay, good. Uh, here's Pat Kirsch. Hey, guys, how do you guys feel about Melvin Gordon after that 70-yard run? It was the fastest speed for any run the first week. I didn't know that as far as the fastest, but, Zach, I know you said earlier this week that he, he surprised you with his breakaway speed on that play. But at the same time, guys, as much as I concur that that was impressive, took some good vision as well. That play was so well blocked up. Yeah. I mean, today Eric Trickle published a film breakdown on Graham Glasgow's day at the office. Now, remember, he only took himself off the field for, what was it, three snaps, I think, despite having all this weird stuff going on with him. He finished that game. In fact, uh, Pat Shermer called it heroic today. So, you know, props to and big ups to Gigi. But he made a beautiful block on that play, sealing off the nose tackle, you had the tight ends, uh, Albert O anyway, nice block. Uh, the right tackle, Bobby Massey with a nice block. But it takes more than just a good blocking scheme. That back has to see the hole, hit the hole with yeah. the lacrity, and then have the vision once you get to that second level to do the rest. And then, of course, he had the Jets. So props to Melvin Gordon. We loved seeing it. We loved seeing it. I want him to prove me wrong. I want him to run like you know an eight million dollar a year running back because that's what his you know that's what the expectation is when you're paid that sort of price tag. I didn't think he had that in him, Chad. I thought that those days were behind him. It helped that the Giants' defense could not tackle at all all afternoon. But when he got free and he ran down the sideline, uh, it, it surprised me. I, I want to see more of that going forward because the Broncos' offense it would be a new level. If Melvin Gordon is ripping off 70-yard touchdowns and you bring in Pookie and then sprinkle in the pass on top of that, that's high octane. Aaron Peluso, this is two nights in a row, man. Thank you very much. Really cool to see you come on strong. Welcome. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter because we like to shout out our supporters after each show on Twitter. Tag you. So uh, he says, I'm excited to see Muti get the start this weekend. I have high expectations for him being a longtime starter for us, Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, look, I mean, as much as I like Graham Glasgow, Zach, I mean, how he's been, he came here, signed a, a big fat free agent deal, and he's really struggled to stay on the field consistently. Now, contracting the virus last year, getting banged up, I mean, no, that's not anyone's fault. These are like happenstance, bad luck type of things. But sometimes that follows a player around, you know, and in the case of Graham, 
it's not very auspicious that it starts out this, this his season starts out this way after last year. So you could be right, Aaron, that Natani Muti ends up being a longtime starter for the Broncos. Dalton Reiser's not going anywhere, at least not this year and not next year. He's playing out his rookie deal in Denver. He will be the starting left guard between now and the end of his rookie deal. If he ends up getting extended, we'll see. He wasn't too good last week either, to be frank with you, Dalton Reisner. But it's going to be cool to see Muti, and I think the hopes are high. Phenomenal run blocker, or he can be. Really good when you get him out in space pulling, uh, stuff like that. But the key, Zach, is going to be, has he improved as a pass blocker? That's right. going to be the key. And also when you keep in mind that he's sandwiched in between a new right tackle in Bobby Massey and a center who is not exactly a pro bowler. He's still a young center learning on his own as well. So right guard could be a tricky situation for a still developing player like Natani Muti, but it could be a blessing in disguise if Graham Glasgow goes from starter to $11 million a year backup. Because Muti's ceiling is so infinitely higher, especially as a run blocker. And if you can't cut it with Mike Munchak and you can't cut it with players like Dalton Reisner, like Garrett Bowles, I don't think you're going to cut it in the NFL. I think he has a great opportunity here, Natani Muti, and I believe he'll develop into a starter. Pro Bowl guy after one game, I don't know. It's going to be up and down as every player goes through the roller coaster. But yep. long term, I think he's definitely the right guard of the future. Fernando, what's good, buddy? Appreciate you being with us once again. He says, out of Darby and Judy, which is the bigger loss? Would also love to see uh, Caden Stearns get some playing time. Yeah, I think that's going to be the first guy into the breach on dime. So I think you will see some, like some Stearns. Deja vu. On defense. But what's your answer here, Zach, for Fernando? Didn't we get this question last night? <laughs> Literally the same question. It Maybe was Judy. somewhere. Judy and somebody else, I, I thought it was the same. But I, I think Judy is the bigger loss because, again, he was your wide receiver one. I love Cortland Sutton. I mean, love with a capital L. But the chemistry that Judy had with Bridgewater was tangible. He still finished the game despite his injury in the third quarter as the Broncos' leading receiver. So when you lose your wide receiver run, one, that's worse than losing a cornerback that's maybe your cornerback two or three, if you think about it realistically. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, let me see here. We're about out of time, gang. Let's grab one from Jay Roper, very consistent in the in the chat. He says, hey, if Teddy gets 400 yards passing in this game, will you do the worm on camera? What's the worm? The, the belly dance. Oh, shoot. 400 yards? I mean, I could try. I don't think it'll look too good. It'd be pretty ridiculous. But that's the point, I guess, right, Jay? I don't know about the, the worm, dude. Come up with something else. Come up with something else humiliating. All right? The worm, I don't know. How about this? If Teddy gets over 400, I'll draw I'll, – I'll, while we're live, dude, I'll drop some beats on my drum set in the studio, and you can just hear me throw some beats down, which is like my interpretation of the worm on a drum kit. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds good. Um, all right, guys. We are about out of time here. No, definitely not, Jay. <laughs> Ain't happening, my dog. Definitely not. This is a family-friendly program. Hey, guys, before we get out of here, we got to say thank you once again to our sponsor, BetQL, the only app you need to beat your sports book. Be sure to find BetQL's information in the description 
of this video along with the code MHH for 25% off at checkout. And also do not forget the special BetMGM offer in the description. Receive a free year of BetQL and other sportsbook signup offers and bonuses. Zach, as you uh, go through the final uh, rundown here, I'll get queued up how we finished on stars for the night. Y'all, are you watching this game, though? Terry McLaurin is a beast, man. Wow, I hope he gets better quarterback play. But yeah, this was the Huddle Up Pod, guys. We are off until Sunday afternoon, directly after the Broncos-Jaguars, which should be a victory for Denver. In the meantime, until we see you guys next time, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main Mothership account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow chad on twitter at chad and jensen you can follow myself at kelberman nfl if you haven't already go to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on you can get a dad hat you can get a football priest hat football priest shirt anything and everything that tickles your fancy is in that store also facebook.com slash mile high huddle hit that big blue button become a supporter we have a new kk coming this weekend kelberman's corner we have a new broncos book club new trickle zone on the way exclusive content five bucks a month it's very much worth it i promise you guys also facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod and if you haven't already go to apple podcast and leave your football priest a five five Five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. We appreciate you. But if you can't do any of those things, we ask these three things. that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every single video you see on the MHH channel. It helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Hey, Clifton, what did you got? Or what do you have, Clifton? Oh, I missed it. Where'd he go? There he is. Clifton, what's on your mind, dude? Hurry, hurry and hit it. If you can put it back in the chat. Sometimes the chat's just hot and heavy, dude. We, we can't get to everybody as much as we'd love to, even on a mile-high mailbag night. Put I, it in the chat, and we'll try and get it before we dip on out, okay? Uh, guys, quick uh, shout-out to each and every one of these great supporters. How tonight finished on the stars. Michael at the top, really flexing hard. Thank you, bro. Travis Weber, Travis Tarbox, the Travises at two and three. Zeus. Four, Claude, five, love you, Stu, love you, Claude. Andrew Baker right there at uh, 235. Gary Leeds Palmer, Shane Daniels, James Grossman, Steve Lazuski. Guys, if we missed you, just know we, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you very much for the support. We will uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow night for Dove Valley Deep Divers, and they will do an update, I'm sure, on where things stand on the giveaways. All right. Uh, all right, Clifton, what do you got, dude? No Cushionberry backlash versus the Giants must be making progress. Well, I don't know. Did you not read any of Trickle's grades, man? Like Trickle's grades, um, let me see if I can find it right quick. He did not have a great game. In fact, I mean, Graham Glasgow had some shining moments, but he wasn't super consistent. Dalton Reisner was very inconsistent. And here's the blurb on uh, – Here's the blurb. Now, really quick, the way it works on Trickle's grades, he's been doing this for nine years, okay? Perfecting his grading system. How it works when it when he goes to break down the film and grade players, snap by snap, each player starts with a grade of 50. Uh, and with each positive play, the grade climbs. Each negative play, it drops. All right, so with that being said, let me find where uh, Cushionberry fell real quick. To give you some, uh, here's what he said. So he finished with a grade of 45.5. So he dropped below. 
quote, it was a disaster when Cushenberry was left in a one-on-one situation against the Giants' D-line. Thankfully, that didn't happen often, and more often than not, he was helping on double teams. But one thing is clear, Cushenberry has to get stronger for the NFL because he cannot handle power from defensive linemen. So there you have it, all right? Hopefully, uh, he continues to improve. There wasn't anything super gnarly, Zach, from Cush that jumped off the, the screen watching that game, but definitely room for improvement. You know what's not gnarly is watching Daniel Jones play football. He is such trash, Chad. Uh, I think the offensive line as a whole played pretty well, and I'm giving Cushenberry and Reisner mostly a pass. That front seven, again, for New York, they have Dexter Lawrence, they have Leonard Williams. It's, it's not an easy front seven to go against, and I think Cushenberry more than held his own in run blocking and pass blocking. That's a starting five that will only get better as the year goes on, assuming they By stay the way, healthy. Clifton, if you want to capture our attention, you got to ask a question. All right. If you just want to drop takes in the chat, start your own podcast. If you want us to answer something, put it in as a question. All right, guys. All right. Love you. Take care. We're out for tonight. Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night. Kelberman's Corner Sunday. Broncos Book Club Saturday. The Trickle Zone Saturday. If you are Facebook supporters, we'll see you guys soon. Much love and respect. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.